Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Hey, Kate. Hey. Okay, so today we are going to talk about um, why job bidding sites that seem like such a great idea, the answer to all of our prayers, are actually really a terrible idea for trying to get clients. Now, Kate, what job bidding sites, what kind of things are we talking about here? We're talking Upwork, we're talking Fiverr, we're talking um, any type of site that the client really has control over the project and you are competing with a bunch of other people in your field um, to land the work and you're doing lots and lots of work to hopefully maybe, who knows, get get the work. Get a chance at a project. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, at the outset, these can seem like, like I was saying, the answer to your prayers. Well, I need copywriting clients. And here's this website where potential copywriting clients post projects they want to hire people for. That seems fantastic. It seems so easy. Uh, As with many things, if it seems super duper easy and maybe a little bit too good to be true, it is. Um, These sites are actually, as you'll find out, really a terrible way to land clients or to try to land clients. So let's break down how the system actually goes. The way it works is that someone who needs something written, a project written, um, or obviously these sites are for all different types of industries, we're focused on on copywriting, um, needs a project written, posts information about this project on these websites. And you as a copywriter, read this information and it's up up to you then to write a proposal 
um, and of course, it had better be a pretty good proposal because you are a copywriter to write a proposal and submit a proposal to hopefully get that work. Now, here's the problem, though. It's not just you and this project. It's you and any number of other copywriters that are also competing with you for this project. And one of the best ways to compete on those websites is to lower your rate. Because the problem, well, one of the problems with this site, uh, and I can tell you this because I will use these sites to find designers or developers for small projects. People who are looking to hire on sites like this are looking for the most skill they can get for the least they can pay. They are not looking to pay you well for your skill. They are looking for skill at a bargain. And that's not a position you want to be in. You will have to decrease your standard rate in order to be competitive with all these other people. You also don't know what other people are bidding mm -hmm. um, and where they're bidding from and what they're saying in their proposals and what the expectation is of this client. Um, so worst case scenario, you spend a lot of time on pit proposals, writing great proposals for work that you never get. So net income zero. Best case scenario, you get projects and you get them for a lot less than your standard rate, which means that you could be spending that time writing for your rate. Instead, you're writing these discount projects. So you're also ending up in, in a worse place than you would be if you were finding clients for yourself. The yeah. problem is that the ratio is all wrong. It is one project and any number of copywriters competing for that one project. And what we teach is how to flip that ratio so that it's one copywriter and any number of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. The, the real challenges of them are time and money and they're, they're, tied together very closely. To your point, you know, if you're reducing your rates, say you're taking a project for 25 bucks instead of 50, because um, you feel like, oh, I really need to build my portfolio. So I'm gonna, I should be charging 50, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do 25 because I really wanna, you know, have a piece to show. The issue there is then, okay, you're discounting your rates by 50%, which is insane. Um, and that's time you could be spent um, prospecting to your point and, and landing clients who are willing to pay you at, $50 an hour or, you know, whatever your project rate comes to at that point. Um, and you are in control of that. So you're accepting a lower rate when you don't actually have to, just because it seems easier mm -hmm. um, because it, it's a place to kind of go and put yourself out there and people come to you in some sense of the word, um, but they don't actually have to then go with you. And, and your time is money as you are, you know, as we teach you, you are now a business owner. You are the CEO of your copywriting business. Um, your time is valuable. So every minute you're spending on, on these sites is time you could be building your business versus putting it in the hands of strangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you're spending time writing proposals for discount work when you could be spending time writing pitching, writing pitches for clients that will pay you your rate and maybe even above your normal rate. So you could be spending your time. So again, if you're not going to get the work, you're spending your time either work aside, you're either spending your time crafting great proposals for discount work, 
or you're spending your time pitching for high paying work. I mean, which one makes more sense, right? And it can get, you know, a little bit, you've, you've probably seen stories. We had one person post about how working on these sites is possible to make a great living. Um, and they've linked to an article and I'll, I'll read you some of it here. So bear with me. There's a lot of numbers and a lot of math, but we can, it's a great thing to dig into um, to just see how just insane it is. And we can have um, the, the link to the blog post. We'll put the link to the blog post in our notes. Perfect. I average $60 per order, and that's counting a 100-word email. The average also includes the $5 gigs I did at first. But excluding those, I would say my average is about $100 a job right now. So if I have 27 jobs in the queue, that's $2,700. Hourly, it probably averages at about 150 to 200 hour. I don't do $5 jobs anymore, unless it's someone I've worked with a bunch who wants me to look at a paragraph. Freelancing is very roller coaster. One day I may have two or three things to do, but I've had days when I had 27 things to do, which is an 18 hour workday. My head's hurting just saying that. Um, I receive the most orders Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. So I end up being super busy on the weekends because I usually deliver a job within three to five days. On any given day, I'll have 40 to 50 jobs in my queue. And so this is someone who said they did that math. And I, I believe, um, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, they did say they make six figures, but six figures at the cost of 18 hours a day, 40 projects is absolutely unsustainable. You know, I've had up to maybe eight clients in my queue at varying stages of the project, you know, um, the project timeline. So maybe ones I'm working on just minor, minor edits to wrap it up. Maybe one's just kicking off and one is, you know, really in the meat of it. And, and that to me is how can you deliver your best work if you have 27 projects in a queue that you have to deliver in a day, never mind 40 to 50 that you know are right on the heels, you are just, that's churn and burn. Mm-hmm. And for what, when you don't actually have to do it that way? I mean, we are both six-figure copywriters not doing it that way because that would, I, I, that's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a miserable way to live. And like you were saying, it, he says something about like, I, I average this amount of time for a, for an email or something like that. Um, and basically what he's saying is he's not taking time to write great emails. Right. And that's getting back to that idea of, of charging by the hour or, or charging by the hour versus charging um, by the project. You know, if you do a project quickly for a client, they should be paying you more because you're yeah. turning it around quickly. But you also should not be doing a project quickly for the sake of being quick, for the sake of moving on to the next project. Because then you know you're not delivering quality projects to your clients. And why on earth should they come back if they get, if they give you a project and they get a half email back? Even if they're getting a deal, they're getting an email they can't use. Yeah. And I think it's insane when he, you know, talks about getting orders in on Thursday nights and that means working over the weekend, but most clients know that a project, depending on what it is, isn't going to be a 24 hour turnaround. They know that that is last minute. And to your point, you're going to bump up your rate if they need it right away. Mm -hmm. So if a client comes to me and I say, Hey, here's when I can deliver it. You know, I usually, at least my schedule is at least two weeks out. Here's when I, the first moment I can fit you in, um, and if they need it faster, then yeah, my rate's going up. Um, mm-hmm. But most of them are willing to work with you. You know, if they need something yesterday, we're not saving lives with, well, maybe we are, depending on the situation. Depends on the project. Depends on the project. But um, 
you know, no one, we're not in an ER room. I always like to, to use that analogy because it's not generally something they need tomorrow and the business is going to fail. Mm-hmm. If, if they needed it tomorrow and the business is going to fail, that's a very poor business model. And then I question wanting to work with that business in the first place. Um, so that there's no reason to, to I mean, if you want to work on weekends, sometimes I love working on weekends because it's quiet. No one's bugging me. There's no emails popping up and that's fine, but that should be a choice and not, I have to do this because I have 50 things that are waiting and I need to keep up this level of work just to make the income that I want to make. Um, yeah, six figures is a, a very possible goal. Um, not probably not within your first year or two. Maybe we have students that have done it. Absolutely. Um, depends on how much effort you put in. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to work 18 hours a day to get there. Why would you want to live your life like that just to hit six figures when you could still hit six figures and not have to work 18 hours a day and work, you know, eight or six or, you know, whatever. Um, It's just for the sake of getting easy projects on Upwork or Freelancer or, or one of those, um, it's, it's so not necessary to live your life like that. Why would you put in all that crazy amount of effort to get discount work? When you are doing discount work, you have to put in 18 hours a day to meet those income goals. Whereas on the other side, you could be pitching for work that pays you well. And he was saying in there that he has, you know, some clients that come back to him. There's another problem. When you are working with a client and you're charging $25 an hour instead of $50 an hour, you can't all of a sudden on the second project say, oh, by the way, my rates have doubled. With that, exactly. With that client, you have to stick with that same rate. So every project you're going to do with for them afterwards, it's not like you're going to get one client and then, whoa, now my rates are going to go up. You're going to be staying with that client at lower rates. So then you're going to fill your roster with clients who want to pay you half of what you are actually worth. And quite frankly, it doesn't give you the option then to, um, you know, when I've done work with a, a corporate client, for example, who I know has a budget to maybe pay a little bit more versus it gives me that power to then say, okay, you can't pay that rate. Let me work with you. Um, you know, for, for maybe a a small business owner who I feel like I really want to help out and it's an interesting project, then maybe my rate's going to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's okay. But then I have the power to do that. I don't need to set my rate and say, here's advertise the world. Here's, here's what I'm, what I'm charging. Um, and then be, be kind of locked into that. Um, I think the other thing worth pointing out too, is that, you know, the argument that, well, once you start doing it, your your pitches, your proposals get faster because you know I have a template and this is what I use. But if you're just using a templated proposal, um, you know the the amount of success you're going to have with that isn't necessarily going to be great when you know businesses want to see that you've looked at their website, that you have you know something to offer. And you're not just saying the same thing. I mean, we get it all the time in our, our forums on our websites where it's just a templated proposal and you think, okay, this person obviously has no idea what I do. Um, and so similarly, you're going to be dismissed when you're not actually showing what value you can bring to that client versus any any old client. Yeah, the, the kinds of clients who are going to approve 
templated proposals are going to be pains because these clients do not know what they're doing. If they read a templated proposal and that sways them, there's a good chance that this client um, is maybe brand new to business, is brand new to working with freelancers, is brand new to marketing, which requires a lot more education on the part of a service provider and a copywriter, which by the way, adds to your hours, which makes the project more expensive when you are, and that's that's the problem too, is that you agree to this project, you agree to this project and you agree to this rate before you talk to the client. I mean, how many times if you hopped on a call with a client and discovered the more you talk to them, the project is totally different than what they said it was originally. And then because you haven't signed up for anything, you can talk with the client and come to a reasonable agreement. But you know, if you if the client has put something into Upwork or one of those things and said, all right, this is what the project is, this is the rate, and they hire you for that, if it's a totally different project, then you either have to abandon the project or you have to try to work for this rate and it it totally goes off the rails. Um, Clients are not experts at being clients. They are experts at whatever, hopefully they're experts at whatever industry they're in, but most clients don't know how to be good copywriting clients. It's up to us to teach them to be good copywriting clients, which is part of why that initial discovery call is so important to really dig into what the project is, dig into who they are, what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish. I mean, because how many times have we gotten on a call and they think they want to do one project and you talk with them and you actually recommend that they do a different kind of project altogether, or they want to do this project when really they should be starting way back here. Because if they don't start here, this project is going to go completely off the rails. Yeah, 100%. One time I talked myself out of work, but I was thrilled. They didn't need a copywriter for for where they were in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd rather do that. You know, it's not worth taking on a project that's just going to be a headache and not deliver real value to my client than just to tell them from the get-go, hey, here's what you actually really need and, and, you know, take a different direction to this. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. I had a call with a with a, a woman who was just starting up her business, which fine, great. I'm happy to work with um, with with clients like that. But she said, oh, you know, I'm working with a, a Facebook ads person. And so what I need is a sales page. So we're going to drive Facebook ads directly to the sales page for my $300, or my, no, excuse me, my $3,000 program. And I went, what? You, your Facebook, you're going to drive ads to a cold audience and you want that cold audience to go directly to your sales page and purchase $3,000 worth of training from you, not knowing anybody at all, not knowing you at all. Um, And I said, first of all, I don't know who your Facebook person is, but this is bad advice. Uh, I said, but that's not a, it's not a good plan. You don't want, you don't want me to write that sales page for you because it's not going to perform well. What you need to do first is if you're going to run Facebook ads, run them to an opt-in and then not to get too into the weeds here. But the, the whole point of this was that because I had this conversation with her, I realized that she had no idea what she was doing. Very, very nice woman. Um, and you know, she has every desire to be a good business person, but she wanted me to do this project for her that had no chance of succeeding. And on top of having no chance of succeeding, I just knew she would have been, it would have been on me to do a lot of educating for how to run a business. And 
there's sometimes with clients like that, there's no, there's no making them happy because fund their whole plan fundamentally was flawed. And I knew that because I had that conversation with her. Whereas on Upwork, if you see you like, oh yeah, sales page, that's a big project. Awesome. I want to take that sales page project. If that had been something through Upwork, I would have been stuck with that project and writing a sales page that was, I knew 100% was going to disappoint her. There was no way it could make her happen because no one, no cold someone who clicks on an ad on Facebook that does not know her at all is going to land on her page and pay pay her $3,000. So I knew it was going to disappoint her. I knew it was the wrong thing to do. And, and I could say, you know what, I I don't advise that. And here's why. And then she thanked me because I wasn't trying to sell her on something. It was giving her better advice than what she was supposed to do. Um, Whereas on Upwork, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. I would have been stuck doing a project that was bound, guaranteed to fail. Yeah. And I think to that point, we often talk about, you know, getting on the discovery call and you can kind of with your gut feel whether it's a good mutual fit. It's not just the client looking for you. It's you determining whether you feel like you can A, add value, but B, are they, are they good people to work with? Because, you know, I would say the majority of my clients, lovely, lovely people, awesome to work with, very collaborative, but occasionally you'll get a client where, either they're just not as respectful of, of your, your ability. They know they need a copywriter, but they don't actually want to give up that control to another expert. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're flaky. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't get back to you right away. And so you can kind of determine these things on a call where you might end up turning the project down because you realize, okay, this is maybe not the best fit. And I know that's very, very hard to do, especially when you're just starting out, even when you're not, it's very hard to do when you feel like, Oh, this is money. Um, but it's not all, you know, money. You can, there's always going to be more clients. There's always going to be more work. So to take on things that don't bring you, uh, not only joy, but like, um, that just aren't fun to work on. You know, it's the opposite of joy. They're, they're a headache. They're stressful. It, you know, it, it, hurts your brain, not in a good way of, of kind of the challenge of copywriting, forget that it hurts your brain. Cause you don't know how to best work with this client. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you need that space. You need that discovery call to, before you commit, really understand what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This, the, the, the long and short of it is, is that, yeah, you can land clients on Upwork, but what happens far more often is that you end up competing. You don't get a lot of work. You get really discouraged or you do a lot of work for very little money or you end up working long hours when you don't have to. Um, more than anything else, I've heard from students who say, yeah, that's how I tried to do it because you know, someone, some freelance guy told me that Upwork was the place to start and I had to start on Upwork, um, which by the way is absolutely not true. Um, and all I got was, was discouraged and disheartened. And I didn't think I could do this. I thought if this is how it has to be done, then it's impossible. And we are here to tell you definitively that not only is it not the way that it has to be done, uh, it's the way that it should not be done. If you ask me, at least for copywriters, um, I'll leave other industries to speak to that. But for copywriters, it's not how you should be finding clients, especially when there's so there's a, a much better easier and and just better system all around for both you and potential clients um and and 
it's a proven system. So it's not yeah. even, you're not throwing stuff at a wall, hoping it sticks. You are putting yourself out there as an expert. You are giving value to people, which means that people, even when you haven't talked to them before, because you're providing value, they are, and I'm not talking about giving away work for free by any means, um, but you provide value in your pitch emails. And because you do, they're so much more receptive to that. Yeah. And to that point, I know, you know, we discussed on a previous episode um, about, you know, being a copywriter, you you are the expert, but, and that means not just in the execution of the copy, but being able to come in with those ideas and with, um, you know, better ways of doing and attacking things versus on sites like Upwork and Fiverr, you are responsible for delivery and that is it. You become a production factory and then that loses, that kind of strips you of that expertise that you have and, you know, want to use and should use and can benefit them. Um, it becomes very transactional um, where it's like, hey, we need an email deliver versus being able to really um, dig in and is an email the best the best thing? Do we, would a Facebook ad better serve the purpose than this email? Um, That's a great point. Would you rather be filling work orders or would you rather yeah. be a strategic partner? Yep, exactly. And I'll tell you too, who gets paid better, people who are fulfilling work orders or people who are strategic partners? Just before we come to the end of another episode, uh, I want to read to you a note that came through from one of our students. Um, we ask that you do please uh, review us and give us five stars. It helps us grow and get the message out and teach more and more people about copywriting. Um, and until we have built up our base of uh, fabulous reviews that we can read here, we're going to read some reviews from our students. Um, Laura, one of our Comprehensive Copywriting Academy students, had this to share about our training. She said, it's such an amazing course. When I signed up, I didn't expect to find so much value for the money. It's absolutely thoroughly well-written and in detail, all aspects of the profession are covered and much more. It's amazing. Thank you, Laura. So with that, uh, we will wrap up today's episode, um, but we will see you down the road for many more. We have a ton to cover and we're going to be here to cover it. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.